0: This is LAC Online Church in Perry, Ohio. We exist to love God and love people. For more information about our church or ministry activities, please visit LakeErieChurch.com. Now here's today's message. God is doing some wonderful and amazing things at Lake Erie Church, and we are glad uh, that you are a part of it. I want you to open your Bibles this morning to the book of Judges, chapter 2, beginning with verse 6. We're going to read there um, in a moment. And then I'm going to talk for just a few moments, and then we're going to hear from a generation that is the foundation of Lake Erie Church. And uh, you may already have observed that we have seated a number of our Teens and students and college-age individuals near the front, they're not up here because they've been acting out in the back. They're up here because Pastor invited them and asked them to sit near the front today. Because I wanted them to have the closest possible view and access to what you're about to hear today. Because I believe generations matter. And I believe that God is calling us at Lake Erie to deeper and more meaningful relationships between all of the generations in our church. Let's bow our heads to pray. Father, thank you for what you're about to do in this room today with humble, fearful faith. We trust that this experience, this journey that we are on, that we are trusting you for will bring us to the places that you have ordained for our lives, for our church, for our witness in this community. And Lord, we, we know that none of this is truly about us. So we pray that we will see Jesus in all of this today. For the glory and the honor of God, we say it. For the honor of God, we do it and we trust you in Jesus' name, amen, amen. This morning, I wanna focus on the metaphor of roots and wings. I want you to think about that, roots and wings. In fact, I want you to say that. Say, roots, wings. Roots stabilize us. In fact, John Cook, who's a member of our church, is at times been teaching me about the way trees are, that a tree's roots stretch out in proximity to the height of the tree. So if the tree's five feet, then the roots go out five. If the tree goes up to ten, you know, whatever. The roots stabilize the tree. The wings give us the ability to fly. Without wings, of course, you could never fly. It requires some some opportunity to be able to soar. So both roots and wings are the metaphors that help me to understand what our church is. That it has both rootage for its stabilization and it has wings by which it is deemed and called to fly. And so for the next two weeks, I just kind of want to talk about what's in my heart, what I think God is saying to me, what I hope that God is saying to you. We, we have uh, we've made a lot of decisions in the history of this church. And, and we'll talk about some of those as we go. And in all of those, we have faced those with great faith. And just like those decisions, this decision has been approached with an element of trust and faith in the god who has been our director and guide and so here we are now at another one of those places where we are making a choice and it's a it's historic in a lot of ways but as i have thought about it and wrestled with it it's far more than historic it is spiritually strategic And it is so because of this passage we're going to read together. So stand with me and open your Bibles. Judges chapter 2, verse 6. Are we ready upstairs? Here we go. After Joshua sent the people away, each of the tribes left to take possession of the land allotted to them. And the Israelites served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and the leaders who outlived him, those who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. They buried him in the land he had been allocated in Timnath-Sirah, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of the mountain Gesh. Verse 10. After that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things He had done for Israel. You may be seated. Fifty-eight years ago, this congregation came into existence because... A handful of people decided to follow the Lord and be obedient to the call to plant a new church. By now you probably know the story. A dedicated group of people led by a godly pastor Lloyd and Virginia Scott came into the community and established a church in Perry, Ohio. Now in the years to come they moved several times to larger spaces as God kept growing the church and the need for more space became apparent and every time with faith and commitment the people partnered with the will of God to move the church forward. 21 years ago we came to this campus after many years decades of various locations around Lake County And while the original plan, at the time, was a much more expansive construction that did not happen, we have existed in this space. And by the grace of God, we have done what we said we would do. We would love God and we would love people. We have made that our mission, to love God and to love people. And now as we begin to embark on another transition, We do so and we are completely committed to four absolutely true statements that you'll see on the screen. I'll read it the first time. If you agree with it, you read it the second time and then we'll all say amen. Here's the first statement. We will not forget who we are. Say it. Can you say amen? amen? Statement number 2. We will not forget what God has done. You believe it? Amen. We will embrace a future before us. You believe it? And lastly, we will continue to put our full trust in the Lord. you believe it? Those four things are remarkably true of us no matter where we exist, no matter where we worship, and the location of that facility does not change those things which are true about our church. And so as we think about roots and wings and what our future and past mean for us as we go forward, we start these two weeks with this passage which is troubling on several fronts. Here's the first thing that's troubling about the passage we just read. There's something sad about the passing of generations. The Bible said that Joshua and his generation passed we're told that that generation passed away who were they well if you look these are the people that Moses brought out of Egypt and their children this was the generation of Moses and Joshua and the people who came out of Egypt what a life story that they had lived Remember the night that they came out of Egypt. They had walked out of Egypt by the mighty hand of God and they eventually had come to the Red Sea. Surrounded by the Red Sea in front of them, the wilderness on either side and Pharaoh's army approaching from the rear, Moses said to them, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And when he stretched his rod out in obedience to what God said, the waters of the red sea parted now i know that there are many cynics in the world and there may be even some here in the room but i'm just telling you they walked across on dry ground god rolled the waters of the sea back and a wind blew that allowed them to transition across that water you probably heard the story of the professor who was trying to tell his students that the particular time of this Red Sea crossing the water was at a low level and there were just a few inches of water in the the, there and at some point a guy in the back just starts shouting up and down like this and the professor said son are you having a are you having a seizure he said no i'm just thanking god who can drown all those egyptians in that much water (laughs) they literally saw the red sea crossing When they needed bread, God said there would be manna that would fall like a dew on the ground. They would gather it up and they would feed their families from the bread that God provided. They stood at Mount Sinai and they heard the very voice of God. They received the Ten Commandments. They established the tabernacle. They witnessed the miracles of God and on and on and on. That 40-year experience, their clothes never wore out. Their shoes never wore out. They were a people who had experienced the mighty power of God. But the second thing that's, that's troubling is that that generation passed. Because the reality of life, brothers and sisters, is that there is an appointed time for everyone to die. We don't like it, but it happens. One generation passes and another generation moves up. I'll never forget a man who was a mentor in my life. He and I went to a funeral of a great church leader and we're standing on the sidelines and he said to me, he said, son, your day's coming. I said, what? He said, you're headed toward the front of the line. Right now you're a couple of lines back and the older ones are ahead of you but as they fall off you just move up. And he said one day you'll realize I'm standing in the front of the line. I'm that last generation and you'll have that same question in your head that the older ones have. Will the people behind me Will that generation love the Lord? Will that generation follow after the Lord? And it's just the way life is. There is a passing of generations. And it's sad. You know, Brother Tyree told me he was committed to 100 years. And I say praise God. Dolly told me she's not committed to 100. I'm not sure if that's because of Don or because of something else, but she's not committed to 100. But here's what i discovered in the time that i was preparing for our talk tonight today that lake erie is a church of six generations six generations so follow me now if you were born before 1946 stand up born before 1946 stand up see this is called the greatest generation 1946, you can be seated. If you were born between 1946 and 1965, stand up. See, these are the baby boomers born after World War II. Thank you, you may be seated. If you were born between 66 and 1980, stand up. This is Generation X. Thank you. If you were born between 1981 and 1995, stand up. These are the millennials. Thank you. If you were born from 1996 to 2010, stand up. Thank you there may not be any in here now. Anybody born after 2010? Yeah, over here. All right. And over here. Yeah. Yeah, right over here. All right. We're a church of six generations. Now, that's why generations matter. And when we think about it, Shelly and I talk about it sometimes, about about the generations that we have. And we don't all think the same way. We don't all like the same stuff. In fact, if I were to ask Gigi right now to give me her song list, you wouldn't even know most of the people on her song list. Except for Bill Gaither. You would know Bill Gaither because I'm sure he's on her song list somewhere. Do you even know who Bill Gaither is? No, she has no idea. See, how are you going to go to heaven if you don't know Bill Gaither? He sings all the greats. No, I'm just kidding. So when, when the church started 58 years ago, that, that generation, and uh, there were other generations that were with them, but that generation started, and other generations followed, and now here we stand six lines deep as we go forward to the next place that God is taking us, and the generations matter. And each generation leads to the next generation. Each generation tells the next generation the stories. Because that's the challenge of Judges 2.10. But the writer said another generation grew up. They did not know the Lord. They did not know what God had done for their fathers. I hope that never happens at least. Because we stand on the shoulders today of faithful God, godly men and women. And I say to the generations, I say to the baby boomers, and I say to Generation X, the greatest generation, as they begin to pass, it then becomes your turn. And then as you grow older, millennials behind you, Generation Z, alpha generation, the newest generation, these babies, eventually it'll be their turn. If Jesus tarries, one day they'll be the oldest generation. So generations matter and it's our turn. I want to lift up two points and then I want you to hear from some amazing people today. It's our turn, number one, to follow the Lord into the next season. Because when we think about what the previous generations did. They obeyed the Lord and they went where God sent them. And that's how we got here today. We stand on the shoulders of our fathers and our mothers who trusted in the Lord. Who gave us those living examples and where. Perhaps you perhaps grew up without a mother or a father who trusts in the Lord. You have grown up in a church where mothers and fathers, spiritual mothers and fathers, have demonstrated to you that obedience and trust in the Lord is how the kingdom of God is built. I'm confident if we could go back and interview Lloyd Scott, he could tell you about the times when he did not know what to do. But he trusted in the Lord. I'm sure you could go back to some of the great saints and I've got a few of them on the screen up there. Some that you can look at and see. I was just asking around and I, and I came up on the list of people like Vernie Bowman and Ed Land and Bill Roten and Bob Sanders and Roy Enos and others. Who if they were here could say to you, there have been times when I didn't know what to do. I simply put my trust in the Lord. And I tried to be obedient to the Lord. This is the generation that gives us roots. This is the generation that stabilized us. And they provide that stability so that we can soar. And when the storms of life come and the winds begin to blow, the roots of our faith, the roots that we've established as trust and obedience in the Lord stabilizes us for the future. Now, not all that generation is gone There are those among us and you saw them as they stood and I won't try to call every name, but there are people around us who continue to be our fathers and our mothers and they teach us that they they have lived a life of obedience before the Lord. And I just want to say because early in the hours this morning the Lord woke me up to remind me of this and I jotted it down because I didn't want to miss it. The kingdom of God has always been built through the lives of people who believe that obedience and trust is the currency of God's church. You see, if we think this church is built on talent, or we think this church is built on ability, or on money, or any of those things, we fail to appreciate what God ultimately has always done at Lake Erie. That what God has always done is He has looked for a people who would put their full trust and obedience in the Lord and say, God, wherever you lead, whatever you want from us, we will do it for the glory and the honor of God. Trust and obedience is the currency of the kingdom because the Christian life is not about keeping a list of rules. It's it's about whether you will obey what God has spoken and that you will trust that God has the best plans for your life. Let me give you an example. And I know sometimes people say, all preachers ever do is talk about money. Well, let me talk about money a moment. (laughs) Do you know that tithing is not about giving your money? Because God doesn't need your money. Tithing is about you being obedient to the command of God. When you tithe, you're obedient. When you don't tithe, you're disobedient. You're saying, God, I'm not going to obey what you told me to do. And you say, well, I don't know if I can do that or not. Well, that's what obedience is. It's about saying, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to give the first fruits, the tenth of, a, of all that I earn. I don't know how I'm going to do that. That's where trust comes. Because the promise of God is this. I will supply your need according to his riches in and when we obey and we trust, that's how the current kingdom of God is built. You're blessed when you obey God. You're blessed when you trust God. When you give God the opportunity to work in your life, that's how the kingdom of God is built. And that's how God blesses you. And that's what the generations tell us, that if you trust and obey the Lord, you'll be blessed. When you disobey and don't trust the Lord, the Bible said you're cursed. So if you want to be blessed, live a life of obedience and trust. It's our turn. Turn to your neighbor and look at him and say, it's our turn. It's our turn to tell our story. It's our turn to tell our story so that the generations that follow us will know what the Lord has done. Do you know it's possible It's possible to grow up in this church and not know Jesus. It's possible to sing these worship songs and not know what you're singing about if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so it's our turn. Lloyd Scott is one of 13 pastors that have pastored this church. And I looked over the list this week. They're all, I know most of them, not all of them. They're all good people. And there was a season, there was a moment in history when it was their turn. Now it's our turn. And with fear and humility, I say, it's not an assignment that Shelley or I take lightly. To gather a people and say this is where we're going this is what god is saying this is the true this is the direction that god wants for us it's our turn it's our turn to tell the story of what god has met in our lives so that our children and our grandchildren will know the faith of god thank you for listening Lake Erie Church is a multicultural Pentecostal church located in Perry, Ohio, about 30 minutes east of Cleveland. We would love to have you for a visit sometime. For more information or to connect with our team, please visit lakeerichurch.com.